Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, July 26th, 2021. He is Tristan Happy Cockroft. Kyle Stoppy produces and researchers, and he, he is the guardian of our show, and I'm merely the conductor, Eric Carabell. Fantasy Focus Baseball, presented by LinkedIn Jobs. It's trade deadline week, Tristan. There's already been a couple of trades and uh, exciting ones that we've written about, and we're expecting a lot more action the rest of this week. It's kind of odd. You don't often see trades like one week before. You often see teams waiting until the last minute to make the deals. But, um, you know, like if Minnesota had waited another week on Nelson Cruz or Pittsburgh another week on Adam Frazier, maybe they would have gotten more. But good for these teams for acting early. I mean, they should have acted a month ago in, in a way. I mean, in a fantasy sense, don't wait until your trade deadline. Do it a month before or weeks before, you know, like you need the help for the rest of the season. I never understood that in fantasy. Like I have a league where – the trade deadline, it's where everything happens. And I'm like, well, I want to do it a week before. That's just procrastination among the fantasy managerial uh, crew, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we do advise that often. We've already done it on the show several times. Get your deals in early. Uh, Cruise Cruz is a big name that far in advance of the deadline. The only thing I can theorize is just with the deadline being a true deadline this year in a full season, this is the second time that's happened. It was 2019 where they instituted it. That's probably what it's about. We're going to see, I think we're going to see bigger names and I think we're going to see at least three of them between now and Friday. How about you? I I hope so. Um, I want to see, you know, we know the names on the, the Cubs are trying to move a lot of their players. A lot of teams need starting pitching. Max Scherzer would be a big key here. Um, You know, so that would be interesting. But, um, you know, Nelson Cruz, I mean, is there going to be a hitter as good as Nelson Cruz traded? I doubt it. I mean, is a guy who has the most home runs in baseball over the last, like, eight years and, and is, like, top three over the last three. He's he's not showing signs of decline. And you put him in Tampa Bay's lineup, and it makes everybody around him better. It makes me like Austin Meadows more and G-Man Choi and, you know, maybe not Wander Franco, who goes from, like, second or third in the lineup to, like, sixth or seventh. But it stabilizes their new lineup. and. You know, Nelson Cruz isn't going to slump. He's just really, really good. But I don't think this this makes him more valuable in fantasy. Do you? Maybe a little bit because of the the pieces around him knocking in more runs, scoring more runs. I don't. I don't think it does. I don't think it matters whether it does or not. I think his value is still going to be excellent as it was previously. Um, <laughs> the the little note I tweeted about that that I'll bring it up. He actually gains in the process schedule wise five non interleague games. Um the Rays have already gotten a lot of theirs out of the way in National League parks where they lose the DH. So he has an ability here to play a very high volume of games for a team that loves to mix and match. And I don't think he's the kind of player that you sit to mix and match. So I think he plays just about as much. The only real negative is that it's a huge ballpark downgrade going from Minnesota to Tampa Bay, but I'm not sure it matters with him. You mentioned it. He's a guy who's not really showing decline. He's a 41-year-old whose career curve looks like a 31-year-old, which means tiny, tiny little bits of downturn, but not enough to really be actionable. You know, it's it's not a bad spot for him to be. You know what, Franco, you mentioned Franco could lose value going to sixth. Hitting behind those guys with high on, on base percentages, maybe it's not as bad as we think. It just means a few fewer PAs. Yeah, I agree with that. And I would have liked to have that information before I filed my story on Nelson Cruz that the, the Rays have already played all their DH road games um, or their interleague road games. But yeah, that's all, that is all important. But, uh, all but two, I believe it is. Well, that's a big deal. Um, you know, Adam Frazier, again, his value doesn't change very much. You can make a case better lineup, 
Uh, more runs scored. He's going to lead off, I assume, for San Diego, play second base and outfield. I think this is bad news if you invested in Eric Hosmer, but if you're investing in Eric Hosmer, you know, it's been bad news all season long anyway. Um, but I think Adam Frazier is an underrated player. Uh, pr- more valuable. Well, I mean, the base hits are valuable anywhere. Batting average is important. But he's really only a two-category guy in roto leagues, not a base stealer, not a power guy, and more valuable in points leagues. You know, Adam Frazier, it took a while for people to even add Adam Frazier this season in fantasy. I remember looking back in, like, May, and he was available in half of the leagues. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm totally aligned with your valuation of Frazier here, but I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad move for him. The problem is they've now dropped him into a San Diego lineup where they're in perfect position to do the mixing and matching that the Dodgers and the Rays and the A's do. And that's going to, it's going to cost somebody playing time. I'm with you. I think it's Eric Hosmer uh, against lefties. I think it's probably Will Myers against righties, but guys like Jay Cronenworth are going to lose a game here or there. Adam Fraser himself is going to lose a game here or there. Trent Grisham is here or there. And you could go up and down the lineup. I think the only ones who don't really get affected are Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado. I don't think they're going to sit really in this scenario. Um, and I'm not so sure Frazier is the everyday leadoff man. He might be, but he's really no better at this than either Tommy Pham against lefties or Trent Grisham against righties. So I'm, I'm curious to see the first lineup. Like the it's first a, line that they throw is going to uh, be. He's got to be the. He's a, he's. He's he, not superior to them. They're he leads the major leagues in hits, and he might win a batting title. And he he's he has no problem against left-handed pitching. Like I don't know why they wouldn't just dump him there and just leave him alone. I I I see your point, but like this isn't the guy you bat sixth either. So to me, his value is pretty steady. Like he's on base is fine against lefties and righties. Why would they not lead him off? I, I don't get that. Before this year, he has not been good against lefties. He should not be leading off for them against lefties. They should be playing Tommy Pham against lefties at leadoff. There's really, to me, no doubt in my mind that that's what they should do. So these two trades, you think there's a risk here of Frazier losing playing time, but not Cruz? I think that there's an issue where somebody on the Padres who matters is going to lose it, and it might be spread across several players, including Frazier, including Cronenworth. I think the 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 right way to play this is Frazier leads off against righties. He probably bats seventh or eighth if he plays against lefties. And you have to downgrade each guy like a buck in value or 10 to 15 rankings. But it probably doesn't make much of a difference. But I don't like it that much. I just don't. I don't think it's right. a slam dunk. Let's talk about the teams left behind here. Uh, Minnesota trades cruiser. Lineup looks a whole lot different. Brett Rooker, I assume, will be their DH now. And Pittsburgh gets back Tukapita Marcano, who is a lot like Frazier, a powerless guy, not a good percentage efficient base stealer, but should hit for average. I don't know if he'll get that chance this year. He might go right to the minor leagues. But is there anything here for these two bad teams now? And Minnesota was supposed to be a good team. I think they were my World Series pick. Don't listen to Eric. Um do you like Brent Rooker? Uh, Marcano is a guy you're going to add in and only any interest there. Yeah. And I think we're talking only leagues with Rooker and Marcano. And I like the assessment here that Marcano has a great opportunity. The pirates really could throw him in there. He's already had major league experience. Wasn't great with the Padres when he got it, but he should play pretty often and does have similar production to Frazier. I don't think he's going to get the hit rate. There's no way he's going to match that Rooker three true outcomes guy. But, you know, there's value in that. And he he batted, I think it was uh, yesterday he batted. Actually, the past two days he batted he second. Homered. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great opportunity for him. He's going to kill your batting average. But in the on-base percentage leagues, kind of interesting. 
You know, uh, so I wrote about the hitters over the weekend, and you wrote about the pitcher being traded, Rich Hill, who goes from Tampa Bay to Minnesota in a very strange move. I assumed when I first thought heard the trade that it was about salary because they it, by picking up Cruz, they needed to dump off Hill. That's not the case. Then I assumed this means Shane Baz is getting promoted into his rotation spot, um, which I, th- I think would have been the lead of my story. I don't like Hill as much with the Mets because it's not the race. I think the Rays will handle him properly. But the Mets in the first start, you know, it was like 65 pitches. So they handled it in the same way. They did not let him go through the lineup a third time. But it's still, it's Rich Hill. I, I'm not interested in a mixed league. Are you? Not really, no. And I ranked him accordingly that I don't think he matters for us in ESPN standard. I think he's rostered in the appropriate number and types of leagues already. So nothing changes. There is more upside. It's kind of like if you if you fill the gas tank only a little bit, do you want to churn through it really quick by driving fast? Or do you want to pace it out like the Rays do? I don't know what the Mets are going to do. As you said, the Mets played it like the Rays did. There will probably be great Marlins matchups. Uh, if he faces any of the other divisional matchups when they have some of their better players out, Rich Hill could be a good matchups option. But beyond that, I'm not excited. I, I think value-wise, he spins his wheels. Honestly, dude, I have never thought about burning gasoline in a car. If, if I want to do it quicker or not quicker, I've never thought about that. I, I That was my first reaction to what you said. And I, I almost blacked out after that. I didn't hear the rest of you the You should stuff. see the people driving the engines they have down here. I, you can hear them a mile away. I don't get it. I mean, <laughs> I I... I am stunned by that. Kyle, did you hear what he said? Like, if you ever load it up, you have a full tank of gas and you're thinking, oh, should I drive 90 miles an hour or 55 to save on the gas? Have you ever thought of that before? I've heard it. I'm, I, it went completely over my head. And so many references that you guys make, whether it's movie, cultural, whatever, go way over my head and I never get it. This one I felt good about not understanding. I, 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 didn't, I didn't want to so go with you, the, I have a, I, I don't know. I, what have, I like... I think we should combine the last two shows here. If Abe Lincoln was driving 90 miles per hour on a, on a gas, a full tank of gas, what would happen? And then he goes to the theater. Oh my goodness. <laughs> with a GIF animation of Abe Lincoln now, like driving one of those little go-kart things. Or something. Uh, all right. We'll be with you on Thursday to talk about the trades. Uh, by the way, Tampa has not called up Shane Baz, but I think Shane, Shane Baz versus Rich Hill rest of the season. Who would you rather have? I'm taking Baz. There's no upside with Hill. It's five innings every start. If he gives a three runs, at yeah, the start, you know, I, this is this is your. He hasn't proven he stinks yet, and and that's probably a wiser. There's just there's not a lot there. You know the problem with Baz? He's not here. He's he's at the games. He's at the Olympic games, so he's not going to be available for a minimum of ten days. That's the that's really one of the only problems I have with adding him. I have no problem adding him now. I think he's going to be great. If I you'd never be able to keep him on your ESPN team. That's the issue. Like everywhere else, you should have him rostered. Well, everywhere else. Okay. Um, anyway, I just, I'm not, I don't, I, I'm not confident Rich Hill keeps that ERA where it is. Um, let's talk about some other stuff. Not all of it's fun injuries. Nick Castellanos did go on the injured list retroactive to a week ago, but I'm not hearing he's going to be back within 10, right after 10 days. Uh, and that's bad news. And everybody added Aristides Aquino, except me. I have no interest in him. We talked about that on the last show, but this Castellanos thing could be a little bit longer than we thought. And then Mookie Betts, goes on the injured list, misses a week. He missed basically all of last week in your head-to-head leagues, and then he goes on the injured list Sunday night. And, you know, I thought, and it's hip inflammation. Again, this, you know, the Dodgers, they could 
take a month on this if they want. I thought Best was having a terrible year. He's actually not having a terrible fantasy year at all. He's the number 12 outfielder in points leagues and number 22nd outfielder on, on the player Raider. So he's still having a good year. He's not having a, oh, I drafted him in the top five and I'm happy about it type of year. But I think it's fair to ask uh, here, final six weeks, eight weeks, uh, are you optimistic or is it going to be more of the same? And is this a first round pick next year? I don't know if he is anymore. All good questions. I begin with a rant that, gee, thanks Dodgers with the transactions because he usually delivers me 55 or so fantasy points in my points league. And of course, I'm 70 out of first with having started bets this past week. Is it, and fantasy managers have this happen. It's just an aggravation we deal with. I I want to lean towards that once he gets back, it's okay. It might border a little into more of the same. Is he a number one pick for or a first round pick for next season? He's probably going to be borderline for me. I, I still think the skill set can play at the level it has over the past two to three years. If you take the three-year average, that's going to put him in the first round. But I don't think he's that candidate for the number one overall pick. Remember, that's where I had him at the beginning of the offseason. It, it was a misread. I still think he's an excellent player with great skills, but he's just not a candidate for that. Now. Oh, I don't think it's I don't think we misread that. We misread a lot of stuff back in February and March. I mean, somebody tweeted us about Shohei Otani. Yeah, we missed on that. But Mookie Betts. I don't think at, we did miss on that, but we could. Otani's going to hit 50 home runs, dude. We missed on that. No, we didn't miss on that. That, what, that was an unfair characterization of what we described about him. He's a game specific player and everybody blew it on the deeper game specifics. Everybody. We should have ranked Shohei Otani in our top 20 and we didn't. That's blowing it. No, I mean, I want. I want nobody to. Nobody did that. Nobody did that. Yeah, but then, so then everybody is wrong. Correct. That's look. It, it. This is one of the great things about baseball is we all whiffed on that. But Otani, we discussed on the show that he had a very specific value in our game that you can maximize. That was where to get him. I think even if you didn't use him as a pitcher, Shohei Otani as a top yeah. ten fantasy option. T- says, okay, what did I miss on that? What, will I do that again? I don't, just don't think there's anybody like him. Like Brendan McKay's right. not doing this. I'm there's, just, that's a miss. And it's but to, just it's a, a miss. It's absolutely it's a, a miss. But it's a miss by everybody. And I don't think there's any shame for anybody who had that miss. All right. So I don't think there's any shame in us missing on bets here. I, we both had him as a number one guy. And, you know, I think you could say like Juan Soto, better hitter, but not a base stealer. Mike Trout, not a base stealer. Like Acuna, a lot of people had Acuna number one, but you know he got hurt too. Um, I think the shame season, is that we didn't put Fernando Tatis number one. I do think we majorly whiffed on that. I'll I'll take that blame. I yeah, we completely still had him top five. We we had him like three or four, didn't we? Right, but for me to put bets ahead of Tatis was a whiff. I, why I why do you th- okay? I understand that we underrated Tatis staying healthy, running this much in the power, but what do you think you got wrong on Mookie Betts? I don't think we got anything wrong. He just had a hip injury. It yeah. happened. No, I think I'm. I was wrong on being conservative on my Fernando Tatis rank. That's all because of his injury history. I, I should have just recognized history. he's amazing. That that's all, <laughs> you know, because he is amazing. All right. Um, <laughs> moving on, Mookie's Dodger teammate, who we just who we mentioned on previous shows, the right-handed starting pitcher making forty million a year. It's Trevor Bauer. I now think he is not pitching again the rest of the season. I do not think the Dodgers, there's a story in the LA Times today that the Dodgers do not, the Dodger teammates don't want him back. And now we could wonder whether his career is in jeopardy as well. If you're in an ESPN standard league, Tristan, with three bench spots, are you cutting this pitcher to pick up Patrick Sandoval, who's available in 65% of leagues? That's just an example, okay? It could be anybody. It could be Rich Hill. It could be Shane Baz. But are you cutting this guy now because... I don't know if he's 
I don't think the court case is going to be settled in the next couple of weeks. I don't think he's coming back. What are you doing? Yeah. And I, I would have, and we've mentioned before already moved on. Um, and I don't think it really matters who the ad is. You're going to be in a situation where because you had him rostered and carrying your pitching staff, you need to fill those spots and get those pitching games done. You mentioned Sandoval, a good example of that. You've got to exploit those individual matchups at the bare minimum. I really don't know how this plays out. I, I don't know. I'm with you that I, I could very, I could very well see it last the rest of the year. And look, I'm not going to get into the details of the case or what he did or didn't do from a ba- fantasy baseball standpoint. You can listen to Buster's show to talk about the rest of the stuff. And Buster's show is awesome. But on a fantasy aspect, I you now need the roster spot. You need that I need roster, the roster spot. spot. And Patrick Sandoval just about threw a no-hitter over the weekend. I just bring him up because he was the first guy in my mind. Sure. But Patrick and Sandoval a big ad. A big ad. has a huge strikeout rate in the past six weeks. And he doesn't win ever because his team stinks. But his numbers are fantastic. So to me, that is the move today, adding Patrick Sandoval and cutting the Dodger pitcher. And I hate to, you know, I've got shares. I, I didn't think, look, I don't know. The, the other thing, and, and and this goes back a little to the Otani point a minute ago. I'm not trying to be critical of, of feedback and, and things. Like, please share it. But in our game, there's a specific style of play. And the first thing that came to my mind this morning is I've got a league where on my, my injured lists are, Jacob DeGrom, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Rogers, Nick Castellanos, Jazz Chisholm. I mean, seriously, I've got eight guys who are on the injured list, three injured spots and three bench spots. You need active players. At some point it comes to that. And that's the situation here. Can I ask a question about Bauer? If you're in a league where the top team has some distance and there's a month, month and a half left of the regular season, would it not be worth it to try to offer a trade for, 30 cents on the dollar to a team that can wait like that and maybe do better than what you can do on the wire. Just I don't want to, I, I, what you don't want to do is drop them and have the team ahead of you in the standings, right. get that, get September numbers. I doubt there's going to be September numbers. So if you want to trade into another team, that's rebuilding. Or like a, but, or even at the top, like if, a, if the team's in first place, a head to head league by 15 games, they're going to make the playoffs no matter what you pick them up for a fifth starter, sixth starter. Like, is that not better than what you would get on the wire? I don't know if it would be. Okay. I don't know. I think it's a league dependent, but yeah. just every, every roster spot has a distinct value to it. And we, as, as a fantasy baseball playing community often do not understand that we do not understand the value of a bench spot relative to the other different kinds of league types. And you, if, if Kyle, you're right, you're, you're right. Maybe, maybe you can move them to somebody else for something better. That's on you to do. Work. Yeah. Before By the way, outright cutting him. I, I just I, don't see in our game the ability for you to keep him around for that long based on the agree. structure of our teams. I agree with that. Let's talk more positive now. Eloy Jimenez is back for the Chicago White Sox. He can debut for the season today. So your injury gets a little bit lesser there. Um, that's pretty cool. And the White Sox have already said that Jimenez and Andrew Vaughn will basically split time in left field and designate a hitter. This is a cleanup hitter. This is a guy we ranked in like the third round of drafts this season, man. This is a, a monster. An emerging slugging monster. It's not a knee. It's not an elbow. He should be fully healed. I'm not worried about power potential. If we originally ranked Eloy Jimenez, say number 30 or whatever he was, why wouldn't we expect monster production in these final two months? We should. 
we should. It, it could be that he needs a little time on timing in the first couple of weeks. I, I, that's another thing. Like, do we quibble over that? Probably not. I mean, 793 OPS, two home runs, 12 rehab games. It wasn't quite as well in AAA. They have an amazing schedule this week. And I wrote, start him immediately. They're going to capitalize on both sides of the ball, pitching and hitting. I think Eloy could get up to a hot start, grab that number four spot. We might have an amazing final two months from Eloy. All right. It's always amazing when Tristan sings. It's singing time, Tristan. Combo meals. (laughs) Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo. Combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. I danced too on that one. How could I love I? it? I love it. I'm Everybody's a dancing fool. All right. Uh, these players are making moves last week and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports on Thursday. Victor Reyes had a combo meal. Silence. Okay. <laughs> on Sunday, Shohei Otani, Devin Marrero and Thyro Estrada. Tyro. I remember ex so four combo meals since our last show. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say that on three of those occasions, those guys are not even 1% rostered in ESPN leagues. Yeah. Reyes, by the way, he was a steel sleeper at the early part of the offseason, and it just didn't pan out. He's just not that special with the bat. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's Otani and some other guys. But good for them. A combo meal is important. Good for them indeed. Yep. Uh, moving on now, time to sing about the closers, Tristan. It's the closer carousel. It sure is. And that's brought to you by Kenley Jansen this week. Uh, that was not fun for him Ah. against the Giants. And then he blew one last week against Colorado. Uh, he did, he saved Saturday's game, I think. Um, yes, against the Rock. I mean, it's going to take a ton to get him out of the closer role. And they went with Joe Kelly on Sunday. Which is ridiculous. I mean, that a team that deep and Joe Kelly, and he saved it. He hurt his hamstring. He's probably going in the list today. But I ask you again, like, look, this this team could trade for Kimbrel. You know, I mean, like, why wouldn't they consider trading for Kimbrel or Richard Rodriguez or, or you know Ian Kennedy? I don't know. I mean, Kelly Jansen just had a bad week, but Edwin Diaz had a bad week the week before that, and now he's he's solidified as the closer. Is Kelly Jansen? Are you feeling comfortable? that he's their closer for the final nine weeks. I am. Yeah. Uh, I'll defend him a little bit in that. One of those blown saves really just shouldn't have happened. There was a boneheaded throw in one of those games. And then it melted down after that. And I say many times pitchers are responsible for what happens after a mistake in the field. I I just think the Dodgers are committed to him. I, I think they are. The only time that they weren't was last year during the postseason. I think they are at this stage. My question would be if he got hurt, was sidelined for a bit. Are they Rays? Are they the Rays where they go with the mix and match bullpen? I just, I don't think that's that's not where they're diving into the trade market. I don't think it's for a closer capable reliever. So I just got an alert that th- my head-to-head matchup did not end the way that I thought it did last night when I checked. I hate oh, this. Oh, man. I hate that, too. So a like, scoring change? The, yeah. The, well, I don't even know if it's a scoring change. The White Sox game ended, and I'm like, oh, I won easily. And now I'm looking right now, and I didn't. I'm like, there were no games played this morning. This isn't the Olympics over there. I like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> there was no scoring. Change. We have all been there. I'm looking at my standing. Somebody added a run since 10 o'clock last night. Somebody added a run scored. It could have been a scoring change with a hit during this during that game, for all you know. Doesn't change the run. <laughs> oh, it's it's a roto head to head. Yeah. Oh, 
I don't know. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, how would that have? I don't know. That's what I'm telling you. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not happy. I don't blame you. Like, uh, think, okay, what happened since since 10 o'clock last night to change this? All right, yeah. but back to closers here. Scott has a question. He must have tweeted this in. Do you think Heath Henry can keep this job the rest of the way? I read recently that Lucas Sims is on his rehab assignment. That's interesting. And Amir Garrett is not easy. If he's hurt, he's not hurt bad. Uh, so he's fine. He'll be back. Who is and isn't Amir Garrett on the injury he's list? On the, been... It's the paternity list. Oh, it's the paternity, which, yeah. well, in, in five years, we'll see how he feels. But the point is, um, <laughs> when they start talking back, okay, that's, you know, that, that, that's when things change. Kyle, someday you and your awesome wife will figure out that, you know, like, oh, they're cute when they're babies. And then they start talking and throwing stuff at you. And may, oh, maybe it's different for you guys. I don't know. <laughs> then they start doing things. Anyway, the point here is the Heath Hembry. Are you comfortable with him, Justin? <laughs> I get on these rants sometimes and I don't even know why. I love it. I I do love it. I, I, I'm comfortable enough that I think it's Hembry's job. More fastball velocity, that's a big plus for him. He's all fastball slider. I mean, I wonder about the I haven't looked at the platoon numbers. I wonder what they are. And he's an extreme fly baller with a little bit of questionable command. So there there could be the blow up couple of addings like Jansen and he loses the job. For now, I'm okay. Aren't aren't you kind of okay with him? You if you need every last save, I mean I, I can't keep talking about this if he keeps keeping the job, but yes, he's he's their closer. It's pretty obvious. He's not even sharing. He's, so, he's kind of okay. There's there's risk, but I'm kind of okay. he's he's the 15th to 20th closer, don't you think, for fantasy? 15 to 20. I think a week ago we ranked him 30, probably. But yes, you're right. He's probably in the 15 to 20 range, and I think you can make the case for trading Richard Rodriguez for Heath Hembray right now. Before Rodriguez is is the eighth inning guy for the Yankees or the Dodgers. I mean, he's where I don't know where he's getting traded if he'll close. But like a week ago, I was I was comparing Heath Hembray to Greg Holland. Well, they both could get 12 saves the rest of the year or more. Mm-hmm. It might yeah. not be pretty. <laughs> By the way, you want Rodriguez pretty. traded to Atlanta. Uh, I don't think that's so easy. Or to Philly. Do. Or it, Philly. Philly, yes. But, like, Will Smith is not getting pushed out of that role so easily. And they love Ranger Suarez in Philadelphia. He shouldn't be closing, <laughs> but they love him. <laughs> and the rumor is they'll take Kimbrell. I would like to know what Philadelphia assets there are to trade. There aren't any in the minor leagues. Nobody's taking Mickey Moniak. I mean, I honestly, the Phillies are like, oh, we're going for it. You're not even a 500 team, but you're going for it. What are you trading that anybody else wants? I I would, I can't wait to see this. Who's, really who's chilling in Lakewood right now? <laughs> Jalen Ortiz. Um, any other closer situations that oh, we must discuss? I'm looking around the league and I don't see anything right that jumps out to me. So let's not waste time. Do you see anything here? The only other thing that, that keeps striking me is how much the Cleveland great duo bounces back and forth. That's the only, they're still both very good pitchers, but don't you think one of them at this point would have locked down that job and been, who, who is the, the number one guardian of the ninth inning for Cleveland? By the way, I like the name. <laughs> I do too. I hate the logo, but I like the name. I think the logo is fine. It's a baseball team. No, it's an upgrade. It, it's, it's amateurish. What do you want it, a picture of? Nap Lajoie kicking something? I mean, like this is. It's not amateurish. I, 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 I've got a graphic design background. I, I remember designing logos and it just, it, it just, I'm not feeling it. I'm feeling that in five years when this show dies, you're doing graphic design and I'm your CPA. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Less than five years. How much time we got left? Oh. Okay, moving on now. The schedule, ESPN. Oh, ESPN's got a good one today. Thomas Hatch and Nick Pavetta. Tune in for that at 7 p.m. Eastern to watch 
Blue Jays and the Red Sox. I'm never going to like them. You know what? Maybe it's Billy Angle, but this is my bias, and I'm just not picking them up. And you know what? If I keep avoiding every player who does something wrong off the field, it's not going to be anybody left to do that as well. I shouldn't get too far into that. I'll I'll defend you on Pavetta. Forecaster says he's a league average pitcher currently. Graves is a league average. That's it. Is Aaron Nola? Nola is... You realize that Nola entered yesterday's start number 28 among 29 pitchers in baseball qualified for the ERA title in ERA? He was 28th out of 29, and we all still rank him. And I actually moved him down to like number 20 among starting pitchers. I don't think you 14% above league average, but two, two, actually almost two and a half percentage points below Zach Wheeler, his own rotation mate. He might be, he might be one of the most overrated pitchers in fantasy, which we never discuss. Yeah, actually, he might be. That's I mean, that was a great outing like, yesterday. Great outing yeah. against Atlanta on Sunday. They needed it because they have no bullpen at all. But I mean, he, if you look at his ERA, mm-hmm. okay, like that's important. He's he's able to put together the, the starts he had yesterday. He needs to kind of buckle down and do this that because your team is not making the playoffs otherwise. <laughs> I, I don't I mean, I don't know how the Mets blow this lead. And now they have Rich Hill, man. How can you blow a lead with Rich Hill? And who are the other two guys filling the open rotation spots? It really kind of ties to how well much the, the, the kid McGill is good. The kid the kid so far. So far. Are you worried about Taiwan Walker? Don't we have to start worrying about Taiwan Walker? A little bit, yeah. I mean, we we talked a lot about the regression candidates, and he was one who was going to regress to the mean. It's not a, a it's not damning of him to say that, but he wasn't as good as the numbers he put forth. Uh, you can't curse on this show, Tristan. I don't know what you're thinking. Um, he, uh, Luis Garcia against a guy who I've literally never heard of. So Darren McCoggin, I guess, is Darren McCoggin. For, yep, for Seattle tonight. And I should know who that is, but I don't. So, Tristan, you've got the floor. Tell me everything you know about Mr. McGoggin. Uh, he is a right-handed pitcher who pitched decently in relief as a follower uh, at some point last week. And from there, all I go to is his FIPS looked like they were in the five range of the minors. So doesn't get a great forecaster grade. <laughs> and I know certainly I, not I, for this month. I looked him up, the K rate, uh, you know. You always want to be a leader rather than a follower, Tristan. But the point here is a McGoggin. I don't think you want him against Houston. Uh, but Luis Garcia, very yes. Very inconsistent minor league numbers. <laughs> uh, they look consistently uh, average to me, actually. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree. <laughs> ESPN Plus has Dallas Keiko and Mike Miner. Ooh, two lefties. One of them strikes people out. Mm-hmm. I don't want either one of them. I'd rather have Wade Miley. Oh, really? You want to take Keiko? Have... Oh, I love Keiko for a two-start play this week. I would rather have Wade Miley, who every start's a good one. And he goes deep into this. He's the lefty Adam Wainwright. Every Wade Miley outing seems to me is like seven innings. I love Who's that. Who's rostered in more ESPN leagues? It's probably Off the top of your head. It's got to be Keiko. Nobody wants Wade Miley except me. But the but you know, Keiko's got the ERA, doesn't he? Keiko was available in about about thirty percent of ESPN leagues when I last checked. I'm curious to see which one's more available because I'm with you. I like Miley for this two start week. Well, watch Miley go up six tonight because I said all that. Um, on Tuesday, I hope he doesn't because I've got him in a few places. Oh yeah, the guy I missed out on James Caprellian. If you're listening to the show, guy who owns the Pirates in our league, please trade me James Caprellian. <laughs> Because nobody else in the league will reply to my emails. That's true, Tristan. Nobody's replying to my emails. I'm not happy about it. Oh, Austin Gombra. I know you like him. He's at the Angels on Tuesday. 
Please tell us, why do you like Austin Gomber this I week, Tristan? I don't. No, I don't. Austin Gomber's on the road this week, so that's interesting. He's probably on the road this week. The Rockies rotation is driving me up the wall because of the Antonio Sensatella situation. And over the weekend, their own website showed that Sensatella was pitching Monday, today, as we tape this, and Herman Marquez was pitching tomorrow. So we'll see. Gomber, I'm... I'm I'm just not a believer. I, I just don't think he misses enough bats. Do you you use him for a two-start week if he gets the Angels and Padres on the road? I just don't like those matchups. No, I don't use him. Not this week. With you. Uh, and by the way, we don't tape this show, Tristan. We record it live, but nobody but you, me, and Kyle listens to it live. That's how I view it. So, so this live, is live on tape? <laughs> live recording, and then when the show ends and the buttons push, Kyle does whatever he wants to. Live on Let's... tape from a bunch of guys' basements. It's Fantasy <laughs> Focus Baseball. <laughs> I feel like this show is off. Oh, the Battle of the Andersons. Brett and Tyler. Soft-tossing lefties. You know, Tyler Anderson is not that bad. And especially he's going to look good in the Yankee uniform later this week. Everybody I put in a Yankee uniform. Why would Pittsburgh hold on to Tyler Anderson? It's the same as Adam Frazier. Guy having a decent year. Trade him while he's hot. Contract doesn't matter. Tyler Anderson, get him now because if he ends up in the Yankees and he does his uh, Chris Medlin routine for the final two months, he can't do that. <laughs> Rest of the season, Tristan, Tyler Anderson or Cal Quantrill, who starts on Tuesday against St. Louis? I like Quantrill. I, I, I'm such a sucker for Cal Quantrill and what Cleveland does with good young pitching. And he's pitched pretty well lately. If you say so. ESPN on Wednesday has, uh, oh, you're Nestor Cortez. You love him. You love him, and you can see him on ESPN on Wednesday. Why didn't they push that rotation spot back into the Miami series? Why? It's an important game against Tampa. The Yankees are driving me crazy. Yeah, see, now, the teams that drive you crazy are the ones that are supposed to be good and aren't. Like Minnesota at this point, okay, Twins fans, you know. It's not happening. Give up, okay? Like our softball game yesterday. We were down 10. It ain't happening, okay? But the Yankees had that great comeback on Saturday, and then And they deserve deserve Sunday. Johnny Lasagna comes in, and, like, it's just – it goes off the He has had two hideous outings. I remember watching them yesterday's, and it was two months ago. Hideous outings. When he doesn't have it, I don't understand how he gets kept in the game. Boom, take him out. Oh. Yeah, well, he probably left him in a little too long once he faced the third batter. But, uh, you know, why criticize the manager? Ooh, Dodgers-Giants. Walker Bueller and Anthony Discofani. That should be fun. Another Dodgers-Giants series. Always great there. And then uh, Thursday day action starts at noon. So get your uh, lineups in early there. That's it for the look at the schedule. And now it's time for a look at Kyle. Realize it's an audio platform. I don't realize anything, man. I just talk to you guys. Live, okay. live and if people, if people are listening delayed live, you know, after the buttons are pushed, you know, that's it. That's all I know. Well, I'm just saying they don't get a look at Kyle. They get a hear from Kyle situation here. Kyle with a very nice new haircut in which oh. he shaved his entire head. Appreciate that's that. Right. Kyle's going to push all the buttons. Now he's going to ask okay. a bunch of questions. He probably has trivia. And I have one haircut in 18 months. Yeah, I'm definitely leaving <laughs> you in haircuts here. <laughs> Trivia today. Since 2018, I got a blind resume situation here. I want you guys to tell me who the players are, or I can give you one and you can give me the other. Player A, since 2018, 115 homers plus steals, 325 OBP, 88.4 average exit velocity. Player B, essentially the same thing. 121 homers plus steals, 327 OBP, 87.7 average exit velocity. We'll get to that. After these hash browns, Taylor wants to know if you'll be weighing health heavier next year 
When it comes to starting pitchers, could guys like Woodruff, Wheeler, or Burns enter the top tier? That's a tough one to answer. How are we going to weigh health for starting pitchers next year? Obviously, a lot depends on the final two months here. But, I mean, durability matters. It matters very much. Um, I think those Brewers pitchers and Zach Wheeler are already deserving of top 10. Top tier, I don't know. What's the top tier now? DeGrom by himself? DeGrom with Cole? Bieber ain't in it anymore. The Dodger pitcher's out. So, like, what's that? I Woodruff's close. Woodruff's got to be close right now. Scherzer's going to be, what, 38? Or is he already 38? Like I think he's from the guy who next year. pitches Cruz every single Yeah, but I don't rank Nelson Cruz in my in my in my you know top, top 20 good. overall. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've got him like number 40. And part, part of that's probably just the no steals, though. Like you need a couple of steals these days. That's that's the only thing really working against Nelson Cruz. I mean, I don't know. I think my top tier right now is just DeGrom and Cole. And so anyway, to answer the question, yes, health is going to matter a great deal. Um, but and innings this more, season are going to matter. But more, more than L, more than normal. I don't know if it's more than normal. But. I I would say that's definitively less next year than this, because we're we're we were coming off a sixty game season coming into this year, and that would have had some concerns with pitchers ramping up to larger workloads this year. But now they're having larger ones and then going into next year, which is the second consecutive full year. So they should be fine. I don't know that it's yeah. I mean, it, maybe it's not you know the air quotes fine, but. It, it's got to be better than it was coming into this season. I would think so. I mean, durability matters a great deal. So um, that should be reflected in our starting pitcher yeah, rank. Actually, you know what it is? The guys who give us the largest number of innings at the end of the season would, probably get a plus, it. a big plus in the, the rankings. Well, some people could argue the exact opposite, that their arms are going to give out next year. If Zach Wheeler throws 230 innings this year and he never thrown no, 200 yeah. in his career, I mean, that's don't do work. Yeah, kind that's of chasing true. your tail if you're trying to do that, then aren't you? And then yeah, you upgrade the injured guys. There's no right answer. That's the whole point. No, you're not upgrading the injured guys, but like, it gives you more appreciation for Kyle Hendricks, who who's 32 starts every season, right? You know, like that. I'm, but I'll give you the question, Brandon Woodruff, since we, since he's on this question. The Brewers are now going to that piggyback situation, and I actually do think he is included in that. If Brandon Woodruff finishes this year at 185, 190 innings, are you really concerned about it next year? No, I'm not. I'm not the I like tomorrow, it better. And I wouldn't be worried about it. I think but I like I it hate, better at that. I, the, the Freddie Peralta thing where they pull him after four amazing innings and 55 pitches or whatever. I mean, if the Astros start doing that, Luis Garcia, I'm going to scream. Like, I, I understand what you're doing, but you're just picking a random number to stop Freddie Peralta at. I'm not saying I want the fifth inning just because I want the win in fantasy. I just don't understand where you're picking out numbers from. Just like 100 pitches is just 100 is the number everybody thinks of. But for Aaron Noah, it might be 115. And for Richo, it might be 70. Why is 100 the, the the number that where the manager comes out and takes you away? I don't get this. It's not the same with every pitcher. Just like every kid is different. I don't know. It's No, you're right. This Peralta thing, like, I don't get what, you know, and Adrian Hauser, who you relieved him for like two innings or one inning. It's like, I get what you're doing, but I'd love to know the process of it. I don't know. There's... A chance that 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 he's this year's Strasburg that that plan that I'm talking about where we don't even see him in the postseason. Uh, the the Freddie Peralta thing is he hasn't ever thrown 140 innings. I think that's all it is. By the way, you mentioned Strasburg. I bet he did, he's thrown his last pitch this year as well. Yeah. You're keep if you're keeping an injury list spot on Str- Steven Strasburg, I would I would move it. Oh, he's low that, on the list. Washington is selling this week. Uh, they have to be. And I doubt they're pushing Strasburg back. So the first two years of that mega contract are nada. My goodness. 
Don't make that mistake in fantasy. Oh, this guy won me a title in fantasy. I'm going to sign him to a big contract, five-year contract in fantasy. No, don't do that. Don't, maybe, don't be the Nationals. They should have kept Rendon. I understand Rendon has been hurt this year too, but Strasburg oh, is a mess right now. How are you ranking yeah. him next year? Let's say he doesn't pitch this year. Like I don't. We're can't, talking innings. Fifty. I can't even put him in the top fifty. Can now. you give him even one hundred and twenty-five innings next year? Like, I don't think he can. No. It's tough. And he's going to. do that? He's going to probably give you one hundred and forty, one hundred and fifty innings, or he's going to give you like ten. It's, right. it's not going to be an in-between situation. I don't know what to do with his. But you'll have to rank him somewhere in between. You can't rank him thinking he gives you the 160. Yeah, we're going to rank oh. him like he has 105 innings that are right. moderately good. <laughs> we're going to rank him like the Nelson Lamette in the 50s. Where you can't possibly be right, but it's justifiable on either direction. Right, and you're not going to get him in your league, which is fine. Right. I mean, yeah. Lamette, they're still screwing around with Lamette's innings right now. He's going to he's going to be their Ryan Yarb. No, Yarbrough starts. He's going to be their the Weathers. He's the new Ryan Weathers. Yeah, he's the other. He's half the of Weathers. relief Ryan Weathers. Yeah. He's not even going to start. He was what Weathers was in April. Yeah. yeah, you can't even you can't even roster Lamette anymore. No, I lament. I lament that I can't roster Lamette. Oh, there it is. Actually. <laughs> and yeah, I can't even I was going to put say Peralta, Lamette, Weathers, no, and Peralta's guys like that, different. but. Peralta's different. Do, would you rather have Freddie Peralta or Shane McClanahan the rest of the year? Oh, definitely Peralta. Are you I don't sure think about that? I, I don't think McClanahan is on the same level skill-wise and strikeout-wise. Yeah, that's... Innings-wise, he may be. Okay, so Peralta or Luis Garcia? Until Houston starts messing up Garcia, I will stick with Garcia. He never gives up more than two runs an outing. How many innings does Garcia have currently? Yeah, but like I don't understand. Like at some, they haven't done it yet, and next week is August, so I'm assuming at this point that Garcia is not going to be messing around with for innings. Actually, he's got ten fewer than Peralta. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't think Garcia was starting in April. All of no, April. he wasn't. All right, that wasted a lot of time. Next up, that was a good conversation. Husker notes that Anthony Rizzo can't hit righties and really hasn't hit anybody since May. Is he on the chopping block if roster space is limited in any ESPN game? Problem with dumping Rizzo today is he ends up on the, yeah. he ends up on the Dodgers on Thursday or Friday. So well, that's Friday. Not, I don't think that's a good destination for him. Do you really? I think he just needs. I think he's Castellanos and needs to get out of there. I'm not saying he would have a monster final two months like Castellanos did two years ago, but to me, Anthony Rizzo, his numbers are depressed right now because of the team around him. I kind of view it that way. Like nobody there is like they know they're selling. It's just an odd situation. I don't think he's done as as a capable fantasy provider at 31 years old. I just see him all of a sudden rebounding in the final two months if they can trade him away. That's all. If you know, like Boston doesn't doesn't have a first baseman. If Anthony Rizzo's on the Red Sox by Friday night, Tristan, mm. telling me he's not going to have a great final two months batting cleanup for that team, he's going to go nuts. Think about him second. Think about him leadoff. They can do whatever they want. I I I think if Anthony Rizzo stays put, I might drop him. I think if he gets traded, yeah. I might add him. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, can you can you buy five days? And really, it's four days if you're looking at yeah, just wait the another, clock. You wait another week. He's not killing you. He's not hurting you in fantasy. Right. He's not having. Where you do you know, rank him right now? I don't know. I pay, barely pay attention to my I think ranking. he's my I mean, 19th first baseman. It tells you a lot about... That sounds a little bit harsh, but that's including guys that are... Guys who are multi-eligibles like Max Muncy and types like that. But Mancini. like... Like, so I don't like Josh Bell as a fantasy option. 
Rizzo's not even doing what Josh Bell is doing. Exactly. Yeah. So, or, or like we've already long cut Christian Walker. I'm trying to think like first base is not nearly as deep as people realize. It I, like really your, I do like your Red Sox thought. Red Sox and Yankees could be distant. I mean, Yankees might be thrown on the towel, I suppose. But if he goes to either place, yeah, Rizzo the players around him. Josh Bell and Rizzo are 24 and 25 on the ESPN player Raider behind Eric Hosmer, who's 19. And behind Carlos Santana and Jesus Aguilar. That's how bad Rizzo and Bell have been this year. My goodness. Yeah. Ugh. He's been. I feel I, I, and I don't think he's. I'm with you. I don't think he's Castellanos if he gets traded. I don't. I don't think that's the ceiling. I don't think he does that. But I'm just saying right. he's reborn a little bit. Right. Yeah. I could see it. All right. Spencer wants to know how much faith you have in Alex Wood to keep this up the rest of the way. There's magic going on there in San Fran. I'm not. I am not going to sell on this. I should. I I was selling on this in, I don't know, six weeks ago, but I'm not selling because every outing Alex Wood. Now he's a little Rich Hill like. It's he rarely goes six innings, but he strikes people out. He doesn't give up runs. Uh he's got the home park where I'm. His ERA is a little bit better, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. K rate's much better at home this season. He's a reverse split guy, and those are tough. Like, he's better against righties than lefties. I am not selling on Alex Wood keeping this up. I'm not. Or Di Scalfani or Gosman or anybody or, the, you know, Rodgers in the bullpen. Whatever Gabe Kapler's doing, and he couldn't come close to that in Philadelphia, it's working. I'm actually now rooting for him. I am. Yeah, he's – Alex Wood only worries me because of how often he's been on the injured list in his career. But they have, to your point, not throwing six innings kind of is working in Look, his four favor. months into the season, and Alex Wood and Rich Hill are healthy. I'm gonna, I'm going to stop predicting how you know health problems for them now. What do we do? When do we right. stop? It's, it's not. A, but it's not an aggressive prediction of. It's a recognition of the history they had, and that if he gets up to the range of 170 innings, which I don't think he's doing because oh, they're no. not using him that deep. Then it would have raised the caution flag. He hasn't even hit a hundred innings yet, man. Right. He's not even going to get to like one forty. But but you but you said the he's not even throwing six innings. Like that's negative. I actually think that's a positive for Alex Wood. I think he, to your point, he, he wins. He you know he's won four of his last seven starts despite the you know these innings. He he has one thing that bugs me. He's throwing a lot of sliders lately. He's easing off the fastball. He's throwing a lot of sliders. I don't like when pitchers show a big shift like that. It's two starts. But yeah, yeah. Be careful here, Alex. Wood. Yeah, be, right. yeah. Well, Adam, and if he gets hurt, you cut him. But um, I would definitely rather have Alex Wood than Rich Hill. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. Last one comes from Preston. You guys talked about Mookie Betts earlier. He wants to know if you're worried about Cody Bellinger, and if there's anything you should fear sustaining into next season for the star. Yep. All my worst fears. Well, 161. I didn't even. I couldn't have feared that because that's a great. But I think going into the season, I probably didn't rank him as poorly as I wanted to because I was I, I, I was was worried about looking dumb. But now I clearly wouldn't have been dumb <laughs> ranking Cody Bellinger 100 or 200 or Glaber. You did Torres a haircut like. for 18 months. What were you worried about? <laughs> Point is, I thought, and I said this on the show, that Cody Bellinger was like a 250 hitter with power and no speed, and that's it. And he's having a four home runs in 175 PA. I mean, even Glaber has more than that. He's having a brutal year, brutal year. And I am not going to predict. I can see Yelich coming back next season and being a top 50 player in fantasy. I'm not going to rank Bellinger that way. How can we? Got a 239 last year. 
He's, he's a guy with plate discipline. He was showing no power whatsoever. Maybe he's hurt, but there's no hard hit rate here. There's no exit velocity. This is all bad. He's slugging 282. Tim he, Fletcher's uh, doing better than that. I mean, this is awful. He has given back all of the gains to the plate discipline thing you were just uh, mentioning. That was what I really liked about him is the improvements showed. He, he showed he's given absolutely every last bit of that back this season. Doesn't I mean, like up. if the Padres are going to sit Hosmer or trade Hosmer or give him away because he can't hit, Dodgers are going to keep playing Bellinger. Now, I can give you the center field. You know, he's a gold glover there. But Cody Bellinger should not be starting right now for the Dodgers. You know, I mean, Muncy, yeah. Taylor, Seager when he's healthy, Turner, you get Mookie back, you can play him in center. Bellinger's an offensive. Anyway, to answer the question here, I have no faith in Bellinger the rest of this season. And next year, I don't see how we can rank him as a top 20 outfielder. What are you going to project? 250 with 30 home runs? Even that might be aggressive. Yeah, I mean, I, mean am I being too mean here? Yeah, but it but you're also being fair about it that we need to criticize how how bad and injury prone he has been this season. I have I I'm, I'm a, I agree with you. I have nothing that I have faith in him getting much better this season. He can just because he can't get much worse, but he's in, he's injured right now. They were questioning whether he could play first base tonight. Ugh. And next year, I need to see what the market's going to value him at. If the market is saying they think he's the 75th overall player, I'm probably going to be out. If if people don't want him at all, I, I think he's 26 years old. He still has that theoretically great batting eye. I might be in next year. I convinced somebody to take Bellinger from me for Bryce Harper back in April. And, and he's I... no longer friends. And now he's never going to trade with me again. But <laughs> yeah. that's totally fair, though. There was At the a time, time it was yeah. fair. Bellinger totally was ranked fair. higher. Everybody, you know, drafted Bellinger over Harper. But I mean, I did it as a Phillies bias move. Now I'm trying to unload all my Phillies because I'm angry at them. Next question. We're back to trivia now. We've got since 2018 two infielder stat lines. I want you to tell me who these players are. Player A: 115 homers plus steals. 325 OBP, 88.4 average exit velocity. Player B, 121 homers plus steals, 327 OBP, 87.7 average exit velocity. Again, those are infielders since 2018. Pretty wide open question here. Oh, yeah. Kyle, you're combining weird stats. I don't think in terms of the homers and steals. The thing that I'm looking I at is the on-base percentage. One wrong. Those are not high on-base percentages. Yeah. They've got to be somebody they who's feel, good enough to play. They feel Paul DeYoungish. Ooh, not a bad guess. Right division for one of them. Yeah, Javier uh, Baez. No, I, I'm I sorry. To. I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> well, I mean, Baez I got lower. Eyes is lower than that. No, yeah, I take that back. That was wrong. But do you want one of the player names? And then go off of that? Well, like like one of them probably is batting 300 with a 325. Like a Tim Anderson type. Tim Anderson is player B. <laughs> okay. Because I know he doesn't get on base. Okay, but there you go. a good fantasy option because of the batting average. So the, the giveaway there was explain to me how they keep doing it. And Tim Anderson is the obvious guy when I think of infielders there because how is he hitting 330? With a 340 on base. You know? Tim Anderson's the one I geared this question toward, and I want you guys to He's talk to Tim one? Anderson. B, player B, has more homers, slightly higher OBP, slightly lower exit velo. So we really like some ridiculously unexpected guy more than him in general. No, no, not even. 
Tim Anderson was the reason for this question. Player A is the higher thought of player generally. Tim Anderson. Right, that's what I mean. I mean, I give him more credit for on base. I mean, 357, 357, 339 since 2019. It was based to 2018. Tim Anderson had 281 on base. So even the question is a little bit off here. But I see what you're doing here. He runs a little. He's got a little bit of pop, modest (gasps) pop. Is A Francisco Lindor? No. But right, yeah, he gets yeah. on base better than that. I almost did Lindor, but you're right. Yeah, but, you're, but I'm just saying, with a bad year this year, it could take him down. That's well, the we're just thinking middle. Are these middle infielders or these corner guys? In this case, it is a middle infielder, young. Oh man, um, be overrated. It's funny. I don't really think he is. I just think I don't generally put Tim Anderson in his class, and I should. In his class, geez, so like a top in a, his a, tier, I'm top sorry. hundred. Oh, so this is a guy in that tier. This, this guy is an elite player. Yeah. Oz, I think he was Ozzy yeah, Albee. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Ozzy and Tim Anderson with basically the same number since 2018. There, you know what? Tim Anderson, I figured out. I think I know what Tim Anderson is. Yeah. yeah that was he, good. He, he hits line drives. It's a batting average is safe at this point. 2018 was a mess. Ozzy Albee's, though, I watch out. I mean, yes, Tim Anderson hitting 300 every year is hard to believe. And I remember after the first year, I was like, he ain't doing that again. And then he did it again. And you say, okay, let's give this guy credit. He hits his doubles. He steals 15 bases. You know, how does he do it? How does Tim Anderson do this? It's a very low hard hit rate, Tristan. Like, yeah. it's a low exit velocity still. Yeah. It's a, I mean, he somehow his BABIP is 380 every year now. But that's his new baseline. Yeah. Shouldn't exit velocity and BABIP be somewhat correlated? Like that good. He shouldn't be able to get away with this, but he is. After, That's why I'm big on the expected batting average from StatCast. I mean, because it, yeah, it will tell you things about that. His, his would be 260, and and that's just wrong. It would it like, really? I don't think so. I mean, Albies is the guy who he hit for power, never hit for power in the minors, and then comes up as a rookie and hits for power. And you say, how does he do that? Well, he he he's not going to win a batting title like Tim Anderson. Like Albies is probably hitting like 260 right now, 270, and he doesn't get on base. It's a low, he doesn't try to walk. He doesn't hit right-handed pitching at all. Huh. It is 263 this year. It's been considerably higher in the previous two seasons for Tim Anderson. Albies, Albies is never going to steal. Well, he's got he's probably got like Albies has a lower expected on base though. Which Albies is a little overrated. Albies could could crater at, at any season. Albies could crater because if he stops running, it has a dramatic impact based on where he's ranked. But people view Albies as if he's a 30 still guy, and he's not. He's not even close to that. So I have Anderson in my top 20. I have Albies right outside my top 20, and I'm wondering, is it simply Overall? that Albies – yeah. Is it simply that Albies is being too generously ranked? I have Albies 18. I have Al- – uh, no, I have Al- uh, Anderson it, 18 and Albies 24. The thing is, because Albies bats clean up for this, you know, offense bereft team now – He's going to knock in 100 runs. He's going to end up yeah. with like 25 homers, 100 RBI, 20 steals at 260. Nobody's going to care about the batting average. I mean, that's going to be a really valuable season. I mean, these are both very good players. Yeah. But Albies ended up overrated in fantasy, and Anderson ended up underrated. Who would you rather have the rest of the season and for the next three years in a dynasty? Is it still Anderson? Is the rest it of the year will be Anderson. I mean, I ranked it that way. Um the next future? three years, you said? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's... I, I probably would still take Anderson. 28 versus 24. 
I think I'd protect the batting average and take Anderson. Yeah, but but again, what if he go hits two forty? So if if it's a true dynasty, no cost, keep forever situation, then it might be because Albies is younger. Yeah, yeah. like that. Tw- the twenty four years of it, he's four years younger. That that makes a yeah. difference. All right, and that's an interesting question there, Kyle. Um, yeah. Good Very pull. interesting question. You know, these blind resumes. All right, we're done for today. Thank you so much for listening to our little show, Fantasy Focus Baseball. We really do pr- appreciate it. We're presented by LinkedIn Jobs. It's trade deadline week. We'll be back with you on Thursday, and then we'll be writing about the trades as they happen this week. He is Tristan Happy Cockroft. For our guardian, Kyle Sapi, I'm Eric Carabao. Have an awesome week.